This week on Trust the Process. That's when heartbreak really occurs. And it has to do with that love part two, which we'll get into love a different time too. But love is so important. It's an overused word in the American society today. And that we need to get better at using it in the proper format and context. Hello, welcome in to Trust the Process. Colin here with my buddy Sal. You might also know him as Big Bundy. Sal, how are you doing today? Listen here, I'm good. I was on time here for the first time ever. That's a plus. <laughs> so for anybody that doesn't know, well, you're listening to this podcast because you don't listen to the sports one. Sal was notoriously in our sports podcast before just not showing up here. I was kicked out. Let's go with that. But you seem more eager because of the topics we're going to have at hand. So if you've listened to the six-minute intro video or intro podcast at this point, you know what we're all about. It's about creating an environment and a community of wholesome, great people. Not only between ourselves, as I think we can both grow throughout this process, but hopefully the people that listen to this can make the steps in the right direction. With that being said, we wanted to start this podcast off with something relevant, maybe it's just relevant to both of us and it's been prevalent in our lives, but something that's going to be more prevalent to people and it's not going to be overbearing, but it's still pretty heavy and that's heartbreak. Well, listen, let's just, let's, before we get into, before we jump in there and jump in the grits, let's, uh, let's just get down to the appetizer, huh? Who are we? What we do, what we like to do, you know, how this came about. Don't need us. No need to go right to the heartbreak. Jeez. Well, I mean, this that's... guy's going to zero to hundred real quick. I mean, geez. <laughs> I mean, that's why they're listening in the first place. But that's perfectly fine. Hey, I... let's, it's the first episode. We just can't dive in. It's like, it's like you going to the pool. Hey, this... and trying to dive in the three foot side. You can't be doing that now, honey. You cannot be doing that. Hey, like I said. In the intro podcast, this is a show that's going to be run by the listeners and what their input is, and also what we go with back and forth. Sal, go ahead. Give us what you want to start off with. Well, I mean, this is just a conversation. So this conversation came about because Colin reached out to me and said he wanted to do a little podcast, a little something, something. And I was interested, but I was like, I want to do something real. You know, I want to be real. I want to speak honestly and truthfully. I want to have honest conversations. We might disagree. We we see differently on so many issues. So many. And so is let's a light way to put let's it. Let's engage in those conversations in a, in a place that you know we're friends. And so I think in today's day and age, so many people don't know how to have conversations with their friends, or they have friends who have light beliefs that they do, and so there's no growth involved. You know, Colin and I have been friends for a long time, but yet we have different points of views and came from the same similar backgrounds. And so those points of views need to be talked about, need to be teased out, need to be heard. And so my, my hope for this podcast is that throughout this time when we discuss these topics, yeah, they'll be difficult. They might be heavy. They might be somber. They might be happy. But we're going to be honest with you all. We're going to be honest with ourselves as well. So this is a growing experience, and you're just along for the ride. Um, but my goal of this podcast is not to try to bullshit you in any kind of way, not try to... Um, you know, try to get around you. We're going to be honest. We want your honest feedback as well, too. If we, if you think we're BSing, call us out on it. Go and give us a tweet. I mean, we'll respond. We might get back to the next podcast, whatever. When I say we, I mean Colin. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and if it's directed towards me, 
call him better give it to me and not respond for me. It's about such, especially if it's about politics, because we definitely disagree on that topic. But we'll get there a different day. We're trying to get down there. Um, but we're trying we're trying to start nice and slow with heartbreak. But like I said, we wanted to. I just want to introduce ourselves. You know, who are we? You know, we come from similar backgrounds. I mean, that being said, like we come from the same grade school. We've been friends since we were five. I just found out um, two months ago that my dad and his dad knew each other before before I even was born. I had no clue. Um, and so I didn't know that my parents, I mean, my dad knew a lot of people, but I didn't know that he knew Mr. Berenger like that. And so, you know, we've been we've been connected for a long, long time. And when my dad passed away, Mr. Berenger kind of was there to always ask me how my grades were, how life was. Am I doing the right thing? And so the, the family's always been part of my family to the point where I'm at his house for every holiday. Now the key is, here's how you get that one. Bring your own knife and fork and you can get a plate. <laughs> and just always tell Mrs. Barron that the, that the prime rib is cooked perfectly. Even if it tastes like leather, just say, yes, ma'am, it's so wonderful. That's how you keep coming back, y'all. Keep Which is most years. But I, I think that's a very authentic thing you have with just those individuals as yourself because I don't think anybody else can pull that off. Sure, I think Zach could do it. Maybe There's a small list of people that can actually authentically do it and not make it feel weird. Like, it, I think it's I just text, a natural thing. I think I've talked to your mom more than I've talked to you. Oh, I'm sure that's the case. Well, Mother's you don't Day. respond to us first off. <laughs> it was Mother's Day. Here's the problem. If she texts me and I respond to her, I feel like I'm getting 10 phone calls about how I'm an idiot. So I, I always respond to Mrs. Berenger. But it was Mother's Day this Sunday, and so I made sure I, I reached out to her as well, too. And so she was complaining about coming back to Ohio from Florida, mm-hmm. whatever. Like, what you were just in Florida. Be happy. Anyway. Um, so, yeah, that's just how – that's our relationship, right? And so it's a very, very um, authentic friendship. We disagree a lot. We argue a lot. But at the end of the day, we're, we're close friends. And so um, we've both grown over the years, myself more than Colin, but that's a different story. We'll get there eventually. Um, I tend to listen and read. He tends to repeat what he sees on Twitter. Um, You're not wrong. <laughs> and so, um, but that's just us, right? So that the, the dynamic will be one that's going to, we're going to yell back and forth sometimes. We might get into it. We're not mad. <laughs> it's, it's, and that's what I really want to stress is that these conversations that we're having and that I encourage you all to begin to have with your friends are real authentic conversations from a place of love. You know, we're not going to get angry at one another. We're not going to, you know, after we leave, we're not going to be like, oh, I hate you. We're done talking. No, 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 no. These are conversations out of love and they might get passionate. They might get heated. But at the end of the day, I'm going to I'm going to call my brother. And so that's what we're that's what I'm here to do. Right. We're here to have real, authentic conversations that engage in deep, deep things that might ruffle, rustle some feathers. Um, but in that process, I hope that we can teach and begin to show you all how to have conversations with people that you might not disagree that you might disagree with, but also have those conversations and leave them arm in arm and as brothers. You can disagree. You might come to different conclusions about things, but you never attack the person. The person is something that's so sacred, and the dignity of a person is so wonderful and so um, intrinsically good that you can never try to um, attack them, attack their ideas, attack their conclusions, but love the person. And that's that's my little soliloquy for the beginning of this podcast. 
actually, you brought up a good point there about not attacking the individual. That's going to be a central focus of this podcast. And one of the ways that we're going to share our thoughts and our ideas is through stories. I mean, we all have really, really interesting stories behind us, both you and I. And the point of it is what I'm saying is is that we're not going to use names. We're not going to use anything that's really going to give away a certain person and maybe your story you're telling because the essence of the story is the situation behind it and not the individuals involved. Yeah, yeah. The only names we use is like Mrs. Barrett or Mr. his parents, my parents, our siblings, but like nothing about when we tell real authentic stories, we'll do our absolute best. Excuse me. <laughs> Had a little cough there. There you go. We'll do our absolute best to um, keep the, what's the word I'm looking for? Such an inanimate... Keep animating, yeah. whatever it's called. Yeah. I can't pronounce it, you know. My vocabulary is only but so large. <laughs> um, but we'll do our we'll do our absolute best to make sure that we keep the story about the meaning behind it, the lesson that we're trying to portray, what we're trying to get out of it, because there's always a lesson to be had in every story, whether it's good or bad. And so that's our goal for these conversations today and moving forward. That's a very good intro, and I think we can carry off of that into our first topic because yeah, that's yeah, the yeah. foundation, and I co-sign everything you just said there. I gave my own intro in that first little six-minute uh, podcast in our file already, but let's move into this heartbreak topic yeah, now. Yeah. Sal, you're, we come on here, we act as, you know, influencers trying to help others, yeah, yeah. but it almost feels like in terms of our relationship, it's been a one-way street like it's been me coming to you with the issues more than the other way around so you are the one and like you said you're more of the listener type and you take in what others are presenting to you which makes you such a great candidate to do this podcast why is that such an easy thing for you to do yeah and especially when it's a topic like this that's so hard for people how can you relate to them yeah yeah so when it comes to heartbreak i think that it um First of all, for me, it has to do with listening, being able to hear the person and listen to listen to every minute detail. You know, I think that oftentimes when people hear heartbreak stories or someone comes to them in a bad situation with a, with a relationship, our first reaction is to try and fix it. You know, our first reaction is to try and offer some advice that's going to make them, it's like a quick fix. And sometimes when people come to you, they're just coming to vent. Other times people come to you, they're just coming to... You know, they might come to get advice. They might just come to tell you something and then leave. They might just come because they know that you're going to be there to, to hold them when they're crying. And so it's first and foremost is identifying without asking what the situation is. And so sometimes I just have to listen. Um, and Colin's not my only friend that this happens with. This happens a lot with a lot of my friends, really, um, that I get into the relationship or the heartbreak or whatever whatever comes my way. I kind of just listen and try and make sure that I can be there for my friends as, as much as possible. Um, I think that, you know, I haven't had to deal with much heartbreak from a relationship standpoint, but I've had a lot of heartbreak in my life, right? So I've had a lot of a lot of death in my family. My, my dad passed when I was 14. My grandfather passed away when I was 13. Uh, my grandfather and I were best friends, and so those two things, like, back-to-back were really tough. Uh, my parents got divorced when I was seven, um, you can go down the list of litany of things in my life that have happened that have been difficult and tough and have broken my heart immensely. And I think um, I never want people to feel pain. I, I feel people's pain too. And so when people are upset, people are sad, people are whatever, 
I want to take time to listen to them and to try and see if what what can I do as such a small person in the grand scheme of things, right? Because I recognize that myself personally can only do but so much. And so if I can just help out just a, a small bit in easing someone's pain or sorrow by listening or offering up some advice or just being with someone when they want to cry and not talk about it, then that's what I'm trying to do. Um, I think I can remember many a times um, when Colin has come to me with some things and we had to sit down there and cry about it, talk about it, just listen to him vent. Um, mostly FaceTime calls. When I was in Nebraska. I think Colin called me a, a few times, really. Yeah, about in different some pretty stories. shit situations. Yeah, tough yeah. situations. But <laughs> you know, I always have a rule that my phone's always on when I go to bed. I actually don't use my ringer during the daytime, but before I go to bed, since I was a little kid, I've always turned my ringer back on, and I've had people call me in the middle of the night with some crazy situations, some stories, um, whether it was um, deep sadness, depression, whatever they're going through at the time, people have called me randomly in the middle of the night, hey, can we talk? And I wake up in an instant, ready to listen. Um, and so I guess what makes me so good at it is the fact that I've been through some different heartbreak situations but also my ability just to, to listen and to, to try and hear and understand that I can't do very much to help them in that moment, but what I can do is try and be their friend as best as possible. That's the exact way I would describe it. And we have two different ways to talk about heartbreak. You actually brought up the one side of it that honestly gets overlooked a lot in terms of the outside of like, you know, romantic relationships. It kind of gets overlooked. Yeah, 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 definitely. And that's like a, that to me is probably the bigger one that happens to youngsters these days is not so much, I mean, young young people tend to have some heartbreak. But it's almost like, um, but it's, it's almost it's, like a different hurt though. But it's way more with, with, you lose a grandparent, God forbid you lose a parent when you're 13, 16, whatever. These young people have way different heartbreaks. They're not really having these girlfriend boyfriend for f- five years we've been in love yeah it's not really happening but th- what they are seeing is death in the family divorce um deep sadness in some kind of way or a situation that's a heartbreak in and of itself that's not talked about enough a cancer diagnosis um you know a terminal illness that comes about whatever you have um because what what is well let me ask you this what is heartbreak and then i'm going to answer my own question um and I think for me, heartbreak stems from this. It's something that deeply affects you in in your soul, in your in your intrinsic personhood. That you're moved to deep sadness. Um, you're moved to solace. You don't know what's going to happen next, and you're just overfilled with emotions of um. Of deep, of deep sadness. You don't know what's, you don't know what to do. You're probably crying. You're probably upset, and it, and it doesn't just go away, right? It's not just a kind of a quick thing that just, it's not a quick hitter. It's not just like it's going to happen and it goes away. No, heartbreak lasts for 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 time. It could happen. It could ha- it could last for weeks. It can last for months. Heartbreak has no. There's no manual to follow. There's no step by step process, and how to get past heartbreak too, right? It's very, very real and authentic, and it happens to everyone. No one is exempt from having heartbreak happen to them, and it happens so often. And when we relegate it to only relationships, 
we begin to do a disservice right. to all of those people that go through heartbreak in all types of life because heartbreak really is just a time when you are moved to deep sadness, deep discomfort based on an intrinsic, um, based on something that just happened that was unexpected, that was not, that was not, that was not thought about. Um, an unfortunate event that causes you to be moved in a deep way within yourself too, right? It's not just like a, it's not just like, oh, Jimmy affected Tommy, so now I'm sad because he stole my toy. No, 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 no. It's something much deeper than that. You, When you see heartbreak, you feel it in your in the pit of your stomach. Like, you can feel it. And you, it doesn't go away. It's not just something that you just, oh, well, this happened and I'm, no, no, no. This is something that's deep inside you. And I know I'm repeating myself, but I want you guys to all realize that heartbreak is something that's so real in our society today, and it's only getting more prevalent with things that come about. It's so, so real, and it's so yeah, yeah. There's no real exact process to get over it. I, no. I think when you said what I agree with the most is what you said is that there's no exact timeline, and there's no exact set plan because yeah. I feel like especially in the situations that you know with myself, mm-hmm. I've dealt with that probably the worst. So anybody that knows me knows that I haven't had really many romantic relationships. I've had actually only two girlfriends in my entire life. Uh, I think we can recount that one, but that's a different story. But what I'm trying to say is that both were very different in terms of that process. And I think it's worthwhile to share the story of how to get over it. It's it's not the same every single time. Yeah, yeah. Let me say this one before we, before we get into the stories. I'll say this last point. Heartbreak comes from because you love something. Or someone, right? Because you have deep love, authentic love for someone or something, and that love is taken is taken from you, and somewhere you can't now express it in a in a in a very viable, real way. That's when heartbreak really occurs, and it has to do with that love part too, which we'll get into love a different time too. But love is so important; it's an overused word in the American society today, and that we need to get better at using it in the proper format and context. But love can lead to heartbreak, but love can also lead to so much wonderful things too in life. So let's not get them twisted as being one and the same, but you need love to have heartbreak. Yes, and I, I think you can kind of trick yourself into that depending on what your expectations of it are. Uh, in the first story, I was dating somebody heading into my sophomore year of, of college and you know, at the time, you feel like you're entrenched in something like you can't even explain. And you obviously take a few years to sit back and look at it. And, you know, you realize it might have just been like one of those young relationships you had. It just, you know, it wasn't meant to be. It only lasted a few months. And I think where I'm trying to go with this is that the heartbreak that I faced in that first relationship was along the lines of how it happens, because I think the sudden of it can be overbearing to people like for myself it was a text message in the middle of a class like my first class of the semester it was it shocked my world it was one of those things it's like you you just don't know what to do next it makes people wonder what's the next step like you put so much into this person and you feel like you didn't get the dignity from somebody to actually say it to your face, but in terms had to go behind a text message to do what 
honestly brings you to that point of heartbreak. Yeah. And unfortunately, I also had that same situation in relationship number two. But at the same time, I'm not without fault because in that process too, I myself also did the same action through text message. And it's one of the biggest regrets I have to this point in terms of a romantic life. What I'm trying to get at is, is that it's not going to be conventional. Heartbreak is not going to come to you conventionally. It's, it's, it's going to be very, depending on whatever situation you're in, other different formats. It, I mean, unfortunately, it can be over text, FaceTime call, you name it. Like, it's not going to be the most perfect way of ending. That's what heartbreak is. And that can have a never-ending effect in terms of how long it takes to get over the heartbreak. You know, both of those situations, it took me quite a while. The second girlfriend, it was a lot harder. I think yeah, it was... definitely. And I, I love her to death. I'm good friends with her still to this day. And I've told her this, that it just, it was so hard for me to the handle. Like, I went weeks without being able to actually, like, get my bearings underneath me. Yeah. You know, it, mm -hmm. it made you so sick in the pit of your stomach that you couldn't eat mm -hmm. and you were losing weight. And I hear stories from people all the time talking about stuff like that, that that's the symptoms they get from heartbreak or from breaking up with a, a significant other. And there can be similarities across many different forms of heartbreak in romantic relationships. But there's not one single way to fix the same outcome of that. Yeah. No, yeah. I think that with both your cases, I, I appreciate your honesty. And I'm thinking back to both of your times, of bo both of your stories. Because I know, I know them both quite well. Um, and the first one, I remember that you were upset for a little while. But relatively, you got over it over a decent amount of time through conversation, through um, what have you. You went through a quick spell of savagery but that's a different story <laughs> oh my gosh um but the the second one the latter that one i remember the most vividly we spent hours discussing these topics um because of everything that happened within that relationship too and so but that one is that one also is real too right so they both have meaning they both um they're different and they're in the way they happened but they're both very important to who you are as a person. Um, and they'll kind of shape your next, their, their, your next relationship too, because you learn from them, you grow from them. But I want you to, like, so when you call on with the second heartbreak, the second breakup, um, it was a rough story. A lot of moving parts that we're not going to get into to, to be respectful of the person, but it was a lot of moving parts and the problem is, to no fault of Colin's own, he had deep love for the person. And so, for his own sanity, he also knew that he couldn't be with that person anymore, too. Not to interrupt you, but I think that's for both people and parties involved. Because both... Yeah, yeah, no, 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 definitely, definitely. And so, but in my mind, I think that what you did was not just, not, was not just engage in breaking up, knowing that it's going to come with heartbreak. But I think the heartbreak also came from knowing that what you're doing is is in their best interest and in your best interest as well, too. Sometimes it's the hardest thing to do because we need to walk away because we love somebody so much. 
which is a very real thing, but also a very, very hard thing. It's weird. I, it's weird to put it in terms because if you think about what happened in that time, yeah, yeah, it's hard to imagine. I'm sitting at this point and saying, you know, it was for the best because I feel like deep down we both love each other to the point where we want each other to have what's best for both sides. Yeah, yeah. To the point, like I said, we're best of friends right now. Like, it's quite honestly, if you would have told me that a couple of years ago that I'd be at this point, I'd say you're lying. And I I think I kind of had a feeling that I never knew you guys would become friends again. I never knew that kind of story would happen, but um, I think I definitely knew that you guys were moving on from one another because of the uh, because you deep down, deep 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 down there, deep down there, you kind of knew that it was in the best interest of both parties, um, in order to grow, right? Because people come into your life for a season. And so when we get, we start to get confused when we try to mix and match seasons. So I think deep down, you knew that you came into her life for a reason and for a season at that exact moment in time. Then you were, then you had to leave her life, right? You had to get the hell out. I'm at this point in my life where I made the mistakes and I look back and there's a lot of decisions I made in that relationship that, quite honestly, I should have been broken up with even earlier. Well, that's immaturity. That's just... Yeah. You were immature. You didn't know better. But that being said, what I'm trying to get to is that, you know, looking back, hindsight's always 2020, but in the, in the, in the grand scheme of things, you did things uh, in order to be in their best interest, and the season was over at that point. But here we are again in a new season, a new time and day, and yet... You guys kind of reconnected and, and became friends again. And I'm so glad to see you all having that closure and that, that newfound friendship, too. I want to see how it grows. I don't think you guys should ever date again. I'm not discussing anything like that on this podcast. But what I'll say is is that we're, we're very good friends. And, you know, at this point, we, we both have no... Uh, we're not looking for anything on both oh, okay, sides. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm I, saying, I'm saying, because it's, it's, it's a season, I don't right? want to have this go over the air and make it sound like I have nothing to say on that. What I'm saying is that we have both had very specific conversations. Hey, let's start trying, trying to get into your personal business. I understand, but. I just want to make sure. The problem is, is no, you're bringing up a good point, though, because a lot of people expect in a heartbreak when people reconnect that yeah, yeah. They, they, they try it again. Yeah, like yeah. it's. It's called the second chance. Sometimes factor. you just reconnect because you're friends. You could, and I and you work better as friends than as a couple. That's okay. Like these things happen. Sometimes you just happen to get along better when you're not engaged in a relationship, but a friendship, and that is perfectly okay. I am more. I'm perfectly happy being her friend right now, and quite honestly, I know she is on the same side. I would. I'm never the type of person to say never, but we're not actively looking for yeah, something yeah, like yeah, that yeah. if that's yeah, what you're saying. I just wanted to ask, no, but let me think. That's a good point though because the second chance thing is a real thing and you see so many times people get into the same mistakes because they think that oh, well, here it is again. Let's try to jump back in again and I'm like, no, like there's a reason. Let's hash it out. It might happen. It might work, but we can't just assume automatically because someone walks back into our lives that we can now walk back into their lives 
in the same capacity in which we left it off. But the weird thing about relationship one versus relationship two is I barely knew one before we started dating. Yeah. yeah. Two, I was friends with with at least multiple years in advance. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's what makes it easier to reconnect with. Yeah, yeah because, because you had a one, first. one, I've had, I've exchanged pleasantries with. She's now doing her own thing and doing pretty well for herself. Pleasantries is loose terminology there. I was there for those pleasantries. They were not so pleasant. Well, I'm talking about like way past. You're you're jumping the gun on that. Uh, oh, there might be something I was in Nebraska for, but let's just say you're fine. You're fine. Last time I heard about it, they were pleasant. You're gonna get people mad at me because I know specifically specific people are listening to this podcast, and they're gonna get intuitions by what you're saying, and I don't feel comfortable with that. Hey, listen, if you have any questions, go ahead and just shoot me a DM. All right. Well, number two. We were honestly, we had our best times as friends. Yeah, yeah. Before yeah. we started dating, and I feel like that's why the reconnection's been so plentiful for both sides, and why it's been healthy for both sides. Yeah. Because I feel like that friendship is actually healthy for our lives, and it's been missing for the past couple of years, and it's been perfect so far. Nothing wrong with quality friendship. Nothing wrong at all with authentic, real friendship. But to kind of wrap up this topic on a heartbreak, what we want you to take away from this is that our stories, while you might have heard a little bit too much more specifics because of Sal, and I'm not the most pleasant person right now because of that, but, you know, we are— You weren't specific. I didn't get into deep deep detail. You're close. Hey, listen, I was respectful of all the— This is the first podcast, and you get pretty close. Hey, listen, we didn't get into any kind of details, no namings. I was very respectful in this podcast. And to all the ladies, I hope you guys don't think anything wrong <laughs> of me. I tried to be respectful of all of the, sto- the stories without telling too much details. No, yes. And it, here's the thought behind it all. We share these stories because we're at a place with every individual involved in the story at a good spot. You know, we wouldn't be sharing these stories if something wrong was yeah, yeah, still no, going on. We're all we're all close to these people. We love all these individuals still in these stories, like there's nothing, there's no bad blood or anything. We're all good, and we hope they enjoy hearing this. They actually do hear this podcast. To wrap up this part of Heartbreak, Sal, what is the one last message you want yeah. people to think about if they're dealing with it right now? What do you want people dealing with some type of relationship issue? Let's keep it more relationship tied. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What breathe, do they need to breathe, hear? Breathe, breathe first. Take a deep breath and breathe. Just take a step back. I want you to very much know that it's going to be okay. Whatever you're going through right now, it will be okay. It it may not seem like that in this in this present moment. You may see it may seem like there's there's not very many options, there's not very much hope. But I'm I'm here to tell you today that there is hope. There are options. And you will get through this process, right? You will make it out of this turmoil that you that you happen to be facing right now. And so I want you just to breathe, take a step back, and think, what do you really need at this very moment? Do you need a friend? Do you need a parent? Do you need someone just to talk to that's a random stranger? Just so they can hear what you have to say and then leave. Whatever you need right now, and you may not know what you need right now, too. That's okay, too. Call your best friend and just talk to them. Let them figure out what you need because if they're your best friend, they know you inside and out. They see the mole when you don't see it. 
And so just take a deep breath. Know that it's going to be okay. Know that you are a loved person. That your humanity has meaning. That you are a child. Um, you are. I'm just gonna say you're a child in the image of God. And if you don't, if you're not, if you're not, if you're not down with God, not down with Jesus, just know that you are just an individual that has, that that is deserving of love and respect and and dignity as a person. And so that you are, you are amazing individual. You have so many gifts and talents and skills and whatever, whatever has happened to you, whatever is going through your mind, don't define you as a human being. The relationship that you got out of doesn't define you as a person, right? You are so much more than that relationship. You are so much more than what has just happened or transpired in your life. I want you to know right now that you are just an amazing person. You are filled with so many opportunities in life. So many things will come your way that you may not know right now. You have so much to offer the world in so many good and positive ways to impact people's lives. And so whatever's happening to you right now, I ask you just breathe. Take a deep breath and see what you need. And it's okay to just need nothing and just need someone to hold you. That's okay too. Yeah. You might just need a friend just to be with you and sit with you in the same space and look at you. Colin's told me to wrap up. I'm trying to tell, I'm trying I mean, to be honest. Listen. You're treating so, a, a podcast like a soliloquy. Hey, listen, we're being honest. I want them to, I want them to know. So yeah. That's go it. ahead. That's it. That was it. I was done. I looked up and you were. We hope you enjoyed Sal's preaching soliloquy, whatever you want to call it, this entire segment. But my bad, my bad. My we're bad. about to dive in to social media etiquette coming up next. So our second segment for tonight centers around social media etiquette. Now, when you hear that, it can mean a lot of different things. And quite honestly, we're going to go a little bit deeper than what most average people would talk about with this. Social media etiquette in terms of your relationship, how they handle all of that. Um, just how to behave like a normal person, I guess. So, what is the w- most weird thing you've ever heard in regards to social media and you maybe it was someone in a relationship or something. Maybe, you know, one party did something just completely unbelievable. I mean, bro, there's people are people are funny, and so they're the stories that you hear that you see are so wild and vast. I mean, I guess I guess to me, like obviously people like sliding in DMs when they're when they're dating or like heart eyes under a picture. Sure. Oh, uh, those are like the common ones. I don't know, like any kind of craziness. I do know, like, like on Instagram, if you go to your uh, what's it called, like your the second tab over, the activity can, like, tab. No, it's uh the the uh, search tab. Okay, whatever you like, like most often or search for, comes up on that just before you can search something. And so I know it's like funny. People are like. Whatever you search, whatever you like, you like or what look at, whatever. If your significant other kind of sees that, like, even if you're not liking it, they'll be like, "Oh, what are you looking at? Like, what are you, what are you looking at on a regular basis?" So mm-hmm. that's like, as far as like, what's the weirdest? I don't know. What do you think it is? I don't know. It it's kind of changed as you got older. And relationship yeah. one, it was 
like we had each other's accounts on our phones and stuff. And yeah, no, that was like I kind of just went with it. And then I realized, like, you know, not only is this just an invasion of privacy, but there's just lack of trust at that point. Yeah, no, that's a that's a privacy thing for sure. Yeah, like, like I, I, I would never have never. But here's know? the problem, though: if you like, if you say no to that, the significant other thinks you're trying to hide something. Like, how do you combat that? Trust me, trust. If you don't, if you don't have enough trust to think that I'm not gonna use social media to to mess around, then there's no relationship. You're right, but I feel like. And people in that situation that are on the defensive side of that, yeah, yeah. they feel like that's not something that's going to want to trigger in them to end the relationship. Or maybe they're the type of person where they're afraid of being broken up. Or we can go back to our original topic. They're afraid of the heartbreak that could come along, even though they're done and tired with the antics of the other person involved. Yeah, but you got to have some private, some privacy. So, I mean, if you can't, if you can't be comfortable in yourself... And just be comfortable being alone or whatever, you damn sure can't be comfortable having a relationship. And so if you just can't be confident in knowing that, hey, I'm gonna be me, I'm not gonna I'm gonna if I'm with you, I'm with you kind of thing, like, hey, whatever, and they can't trust that you're confident in yourself, then there's no relationship. I think that you guys need to take a step back and figure out what the hell is going on. And can you be by yourself? It's amazing. It's funny though. You'll run into stuff with this with certain people. Whether yeah. no matter what you see this all the time. What no matter what or how many romantic relationships you have, at some point you're gonna cross this, and it's always weird. The time it doesn't is it's a situation where you two just technically cannot be in a relationship together. Mm-hmm. It's weird. Like I know I have a very good friend that I met last year around. Oh, it was like mid-April. You know, I love her to death. And quite honestly, is one of the most compatible people I've ever met in my life. The only problem is, is that she lives 2,000 miles away on the West Coast. And calling it flying. That's not, that's not what I'm trying to say. <laughs> what are you trying to say? I'm what I'm joking. trying to say is that, you know, there's these very rare situations where you can go into that relationship or that friendship, or whatever you have with that person, and know this isn't going to be an issue. Mm-hmm. Like with her, I still to this day never feel like there's ever a privacy issue. Like we're, and I think it's because you're so open with each other. Yeah. Like I've never been as open with anybody else as I've been with this chick. And I knew I've actually only been around her for a span of a month before she had to move home. Yeah. Like it's just weird how you can build that trust with certain people. It can be. M- Bigger with someone you know for just a short amount of time versus someone you've known for years. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I, that's all. I mean, I don't know what to say about that. That's like now he, life. I think with the way we're gonna take with this topic is kind yeah. of point out the biggest aspects we see in maybe relationships we know. Wait, on social media? Yes. So like DMs. DMs. Like, sliding in DMs is over. Dead. Is mm-hmm. it really? So I mean, not like I've been doing it or anything. Yeah, all right. King of the DM slide over there. <laughs> Guy slides in the most DMs I've ever seen in my entire life. I honestly, you know what? A few years ago, I would agree with you, but I don't. Yeah, well, I don't there was now. a point in time when Colin was sliding in DMs don't. left and right. And that's fine. You go. You know what? People bring that up like it's to shame you, but honestly. No, it's like I respect it. 
got to have a lot of confidence to go in someone's DMs. It's a lot of confidence, but it's also a lot of I don't give a damn. Yeah. Like, I I don't care if you ignore me. I don't care if you ghost me. I don't care if you disrespect me if I don't know you that very well. But it's like, I feel like people take that stuff too personal. And it's like, you got to think big picture. Like, this is all part of the process of meeting your eventual person in the end. Well, you got to have, so like, okay, sliding DMs. You gotta come with something catchy but respectful, something memorable but not overbearing. Where they're gonna be in your in the group chat, so sliding DMs is like I guess it's still a viable option, but it's so hard now because you just you might get put on blast so much faster. Sure. Before like things didn't go as viral as quickly, so there's so much like. But you know what? The stop you in your tracks right there. If you're someone that exposes people for DM sliding, yeah, yeah. if it's like respectful. Messages being sent to yeah, you, BS. and you expose them. You need to reevaluate yourself, and probably listen to this podcast because we need to make you a better person. <laughs> if they're doing something shady, or they're making a, a a sexist comment to you, or they're asking for you know whatever photography, or you know go along the lines of that. You know what? If you want to expose that person and teach them a lesson, whatever. Oh, more power to you. More, more power, power to you. you. But don't just go exposing people to expose them because they were saying, like, hey, how are you? They're just trying to say, hey, how are you? That's it. <laughs> so, I mean, that's, like, the etiquette when it comes to DMs. Sure. But now there's etiquette when it comes to commenting, liking. Do you like? Do you not like? Do you comment? Do you not comment? And we can stick with Facebook, or not Facebook, <laughs> Instagram real quick. Instagram in terms is a perfect of example. The liking and the liking the photos. Should we be more understanding of our significant others if you're in a situation where you have a girl that tends to be over jealous when you're liking photos of other women and it's regardless of your connection with them you can be best friends with them and they're upset with it i think it needs to be a conversation of like honey what do you like what do you need how can i best serve you but in that process also like so like serving them yes and being like there for them um, but not like being controlled, right? And so like having some freedom, like yeah, I like it because it's cute, but I still am not like. So it's it's a weird thing. Like it is. You're it trying varies. to imply intent. Yeah, it varies from relationship to relationship, honestly. Yeah, and it it's along the lines of understanding. You know, maybe the person doesn't know the other person, so they feel insecure about that. Maybe, maybe they've had a history of being cheated on. It's weird, So man. many things I happen. mean, I've had situations where I was getting, I received a FaceTime from a good friend of mine. Yeah. And she just wanted, like, to talk about places to live on campus. Yeah. She needed help. Yeah. I was then asked, you know, what were you doing? I said, oh, my friend just FaceTimed me, and I said the word she. She needed help finding a place to live on campus. And it's like I said a seven, one of the seven dirty words. And it's like I was the bad person in the situation. I was going behind the person's back, and I did something wrong. And, I, and in the moment, I thought I was doing something to help somebody out. So These conversations just need to be had. They need like, to be had, and it's all about that T word, trust. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's what social media has created amongst everybody, and it's— is it what? Everybody's everybody's had yes, everybody's had a moment where it's created a lack of trust in them. Definitely. I think it's social media has while it has its intentions that are good, 
also has plenty of bad that it has exposed within the human society. You know, I, I know we're jumping all over the place, but a place that I want to go to next is Snapchat. And I want to go I want to go on a big talk right here. So give me a second. Go ahead. I don't prefer Snapchat. My, if you are a friend with me and you look at my score, it'll probably show for that case. I have like what 34,000 points or whatever it is like you know, every friend I have happens to have like over 100,000 or close to it it feels like. Um I don't use it as a main outlet. I don't like to use it as a conversation tool. Please, for the love of everything, do not send me a mass snap that you're sending obviously to like 50 different guys and you just want like, I I, I don't know what you want. Why are you sending this to me? And you know when I can tell when it's a mass snap? Because I use one of the opportunities to respond. I you know, you know what? I'll respond to them. And they open it the minute I send it, and there's no response. No response. Like I use these out these platforms for communication purposes. If you're going to message me, keep the conversation that's at hand. Because you didn't just send a photo of yourself, you send a caption too that could carry a conversation. Like, in the first place, don't even use Snapchat to message me. If you if that it's la, if it's that imperative, text me, call me. Anything else other than just sending photos of the sky with a caption on it, like you could easily have done over text. I don't understand Snapchat. I quite honestly would delete it if it wasn't for you know keeping up on friends and seeing what they're doing. Even though ninety five percent of the time I really don't care. And I just want the app to die. I, I want the app to go away because people use it in the most weird ways. And don't don't send me a photo with you just in a, a filter like the dog licking face or the bunny ears or whatever. I don't care. <laughs> like, if you have something of substance to talk to me about, you have my number. And if you don't, ask me through Snapchat and I'll give it to you. That's all I have to say on that. I just... I don't understand why we're 23, 24. We've gotten to this point in our life and we still depend on Snapchat to be our form of communication. That's it. So, so I have some bad news to share with you then. Go ahead. Very bad news. Facebook, who owns Instagram, was in the process of was in the process of developing an app called Direct that was supposed to rival Snapchat. To make Snapchat obsolete. So uh, as you can say, it could die. Today it announced that it canceled the app creation. Because uh, I would have deleted Snapchat <laughs> immediately because everybody's moving over there. And I'm like, you know what? Screw <laughs> that. I'm done with that. So it's actually not dying. It's going to be alive and well. And their stock bumped, bumped up some points today. Uh, I think you made good, a good point. You know what we call that, right? When they send a mass snap with a caption? No, I don't. You call it going fishing. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> call it going fishing. That's news to me. That's what I, that's what Sal calls it, so I don't know what everyone else calls it, but when they send a mass snap looking for a response, that's called going fishing for something. Looking but for something it'll in particular. It'll be like something relevant. Like they're saying like, you know, they're like asking a question that can be generic and can be asked like multiple people. Going fishing. 
Looking for a response. I hate it. Hey, listen. People do weird stuff all the time. Snapchat just allows you to do it via picture with a 10 second or less window. But it's like we're, we're, we're doing nothing of substance on it. Hey, listen. That's... 90, 95. Oh, please. If you're posting. The weather? If you're posting on other. No. Well, you're, if you're posting on other apps with the filter from the Snapchat. <laughs> come on, man. Are you, are you mad about this whole thing? No. I, I just hate Snapchat. So I. I'm not a big fan of it, okay? Uh, that's all I can say on it. It has its place. It's, it, but, it's... Wh- but what is its place? I'm sorry. I don't get it. Because you can pretty much make it obsolete because really all that people use now or they should be using is the story function. And Instagram has that for you now. And you can do a hell of a lot more with it. Well, listen. Snapchat isn't going anywhere as we just saw by today's stock market and report from Facebook. So... It's alive and well. No takeaways. Don't snap Colin mass snaps. Please and don't. Don't waste him. my time. <laughs> text him. You know, I actually I got a snap recently from someone from work that sent me something and said, Hey, you forgot this or you forgot to do this. Yeah. I understand that and I actually I appreciate that. What I don't appreciate is the doggy ears saying, Looking for someone to hang out with, wink wink, come on over. Like I'm not getting any of those. <laughs> I wish what I was. What snaps but are you getting? I, no, I wish I was. But oh my goodness. Um, no, it's like, it's annoying. It's like, if you're going to use the tool to communicate with me, have it be of substance. If not, don't waste my time. Well, I don't know. I don't really snap anymore. So. And here's another thing. Well, you and I both. Congrats. Welcome to the club. Another thing I want to talk on real quick is Instagram and. The way people handle it, like everybody thinks they're an Instagram model these days. And I'm not shaming anybody for doing what they need to do on Instagram, but it's like they do this crap where they follow you and then unfollow you within like 30 minutes. And it's like, well, this isn't going to work out. So you unfollow, but then they follow again. And then you're like, okay, well, maybe that was just a mistake. Then they unfollow again. Stop doing the process over and over. (laughs) Like... First off, I don't really even know you. I don't know how you found my account. They're looking for to get the followers up. Validation of follow, no, follower. No, to account. get the followers up. Okay, trying to get the followers up. And that defines people these days. It does to a degree. It's sad, but it does. Instagram, while it has its flaws, has done one good thing, which is given people the opportunity to to be seen where they might not have have had it before. That's like the good thing about Instagram. So like these folks that become Instagram models or what have you, this was a platform a platform for them to express themselves in whatever way they choose. Sure. I'm not gonna hate on that. But as no one people, should. But people have, you know, like follow unfollow, whatever, looking for some kind of follow account, which is then the bad part about Instagram, right? The instant the instant validation, the like right. oh, I have X amount of followers, so I'm right. this popular. This happened with Facebook though, like in 2010. If you remember, like how many followers you or how many friends you have on Facebook. If you have like a thousand, you're really super popular. It's just different now with Instagram because it's like Instagram has survived for many years now, and it's a staple in our society. So it's the same thing that happened with Facebook in 2010. It's just 
Instagram, no. Yeah, I just, quite honestly, for, with that app, I really only have it because my family wants to see photos every so often if I upload them, which I really don't. I only have like 58 on there or something like that. That's more than me, I think. Uh, well, most of them were when I was young. Uh, with Twitter? I think, well. You tweet a lot. Well, I do for sports reasons. I get that. Like, I'm saying you like tweet I, a lot. I do. Well, you tweet a lot. That's fine. More than me, at least. Because I interact with people in sports. Oh, it's, I know. It's I, a way I to it. do I it. Get, I get it. Like if but I'm, is there is there an etiquette when it comes to tweeting about sports? Or should there should there be? I don't know. I mean, it it's You're literally the in the sports world. It's literally part of my job. Like it's to oh. be interactive with the games and everything. Like it's. It's creating a presence, an online presence. Now, if I was out there tweeting about, you know, hey, going to the club tonight, man, we about to be popping these bottles, you know, what kind of money up. you got? <laughs> right. What kind of money you? <laughs> right. You got that going to club money? Let me get some. <laughs> Let me hold a dollar. No, but like, no, Twitter's it's it's an avenue for you to share your thoughts on certain things, and a lot of times, especially in my position of work, it's important to be interactive with sports so that you know it, it builds exposure for not just that. myself but the station I you know and I, I try to throw in i mix things in every so often like maybe a funny meme or something but i i try to keep it average but i, I get people like yourself you don't tweet at all and i know how to retweeting and I'll, I'll tweet like every now and then and that's like you you have different purposes i think people no, do, yeah, yeah. do it with purpose but I wanted before we run out of time. The last thing I wanted to touch on—it's not necessarily a social media site, but they kind of are—and that's the dating sites, your Bumbles, your Tinders, and whatnot. It's weird. Like we talk about this app, like it's something to be frowned upon at times, and like, oh, you take it serious. But you know, I've used it before. I actually currently have it on my phone. I don't really actively use it a whole lot. But it's one of those avenues that I feel like it gets a rap for what it's not. People actually don't take it serious on that. Yeah, so Bumble, Tinder, whatever you hinge, all the apps, they can be used for like three different things. Entertainment, legitimate dating, or sex. And they're all fine and dandy, whatever you choose to use them for. And we shouldn't say, we shouldn't shame anyone the way in which they choose to use the app. If you're looking just to have sex, we're all adults here. If you just want to have sex, then have sex with a said adult that's a consenting adult. If you're looking to have a relationship via Tender, Hinge, Bumble, and be one of those few lucky people to make it, good for you. If you're looking for a good laugh, have fun. You'll get some funny-ass <laughs> messages. Oh, absolutely. So, I mean, it's just what it like. Use it for what it is and stop shaming people because they tend to use it for a certain way that's different than you. Stop shaming people for being different. And I don't think that, I mean, you, there's actually a lot of good that can come from those apps. I mean, I I've, agree. I've met plenty of friends on it. No, I agree. That I agree. Put it in a weird way. Like a lot of my good friends I actually met through Tinder. It's weird to think about. No, there's some good that can come from it. And like, but there's so much like negativity or, or like oh it's a shameful app or whatever like and there's oh, people have... on there with bad intentions too definitely I mean let's not get that, I mean, not get that yeah. twisted 
but people do bad stuff everywhere. Not just Tinder. It's not just like Tinder, Bumble, Henge has all the bad people. It has a monopoly on bad. People do bad stuff everywhere. So let's stop shaming people, shaming people for using an app that they think is best for them. And I am glad Bumble is a thing because it 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 goes back to that you know don't be ignorant on the app thing. Yeah, yeah. it allows the women to kind of control things because it and that environment and the social dating sites, yeah, yeah, websites and whatnot, men can be overbearing and quite honestly assholes. And definitely, it allows them to control things on their end. And I think it's very I I appreciate it for that sense because it going into those apps you can kind of be labeled yeah, yeah. as a as a male. And maybe unfairly, depending on how you behave. And, you know, it's it's a little bit harder to get to know the women because they're so afraid that you're going to be like the rest. I agree. I agree. But that's what I like about that app is that it allows the women the avenue to kind of control things. But Bundy, Sal, I, I guess as this podcast is a little bit more sophisticated, I'm going to call you by your actual name, Sal. It's been a great pod. Is there any lasting words you want to leave with the fans as we go? No, I've kind of preached enough for the day. I kind of figured, but I wanted to give you one last I second. I think we've preached, we've preached enough of the sermons today. We'll get some next week. How about that? Don't know what the topics will be next week, but hopefully you guys liked this pod. Please subscribe, share with your friends. Um, give us any ideas you want us to talk about, please. If there's something you want to hear us talk about, if there's anything you need help with, we will always do it anonymously and help you out the best we can. Uh, we hope to bring you great conversations, topics, TED Talks, you know, teaching you, preaching you the necessary things you need to know in life. Yeah, definitely. Try to be here to help you, be here for you. Um, and we're only here because of you, because of the fans. And so we appreciate you. So please... If you know anybody that needs to hear these type of topics, conversations, learn from our stories because those stories are not easy to talk about. Yes, we're still cool with the people involved and we're nice and we're good friends these days, but it's important to learn from the stories that we learn from because you can always apply it to you in your life. Yeah, totally agree. But for Sal, my name is Colin. Thank you for listening. This has been Trust the Process. When I first dropped, true story. The bando named a new spot. Bando. Where them boys from? They ain't from the hot. No, hot Lena. Dirty mango phantom. Swept the game like I'm Huncho MC Hammer. Ooh, Hammer time. Write my name, cross the Hall of Fame banner. Write it, write it. Hit the lights, diamonds flash like a camera. Flip the switch. First meta in some open toe sandals. Yeah, hey. Now, now her attitude like a candle. She lit, lit. That